Welcome to The Uplift, where we are uplifting our lives, uplifting each other, and uplifting our communities together. Thank you for joining myself, Sai Herrera, and Tessa Savala here, two women, two attorneys, doing it our way, and inviting you here each week to share in on the stories, advice, and life lessons we've picked up along our journeys that keep us uplifted, and that will hopefully do the very same thing for you. Now buckle in and let's get ready to be uplifted. Hello, everyone. As always, I'm Tessa, and I am joined by the amazing, fantastic, everyone needs one in their life, Sai. <laughs> These intros, I can't. I love them so much. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Excited to be here with, with all of you. So I had this fascinating conversation with my niece and learned a lot. So we were kind of talking about the golden rule and she was like, well, let me tell you, the golden rule has an update. Mm. I'm like, okay, this is fascinating. Tell me more. And she introduced me to the platinum rule, which Mm. goes according to her like this. Treat everyone as they wish to be treated. And isn't that like a revolutionary generational shift from treating everyone how you think they should be treated or how you'd like to be treated to treating them like they would like to be treated. And first thing that popped in my mind are those great videos that are all over the interweb of teachers asking the kids when they enter the classroom, do you want a high five? Do you want to dance? Do you want a hug? Right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same thing, right? It's like the other person should be able to say how they want and what they want, right? Because everybody has their own trauma. Everybody has their own things. I, for one, have some germaphobe tendencies that (laughs) sometimes gets in the way. If I can avoid handshakes, I'm, I'm happy with that. Nice. That's so good. I'm so excited to talk about it because it it is a shift, right? It really is. And and what's interesting, as you were saying it, I was thinking about how so much of the way that people treat you may very well be about them. Right. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And we do, you know, we talk about classic, you know, projection in so many ways, but it's like even when people are trying to be kind they actually are limiting their perspective and having, you know, multiple perspectives or at least being able to allow um, to, to allow yourself to see somebody else's perspective um, is such a powerful tool and a powerful skill to have. And I, I think that this is going to actually really not just encourage it, but create an environment in which it's, it's the expectation, right? It's the expectation that you inquire and it's the expectation that people will have you know not just you know the freedom but the the comfort and and the ability to really articulate how they deserve to be treated yes yeah I love how you focused it on respect right because it's like this we're taking the respect not I think the golden rule focuses the respect on us right mm-hmm. and we should be respectful to others Whereas this like makes you understand that, hey, respect is a two-way street. <laughs> what works yeah. for me might not work for them. I'm thinking about something as simple as like, you're going to go hang out with somebody and you want to bring coffee, but mm-hmm. you happen to prefer hot coffee, even in the middle of the summer. But maybe mm-hmm. they like iced coffee, right? Yeah, It's as simple as that, but it can be used for so many things from like which pronouns to gender identity to preference in coffee how they want to be greeted what name they want to be called like how they want to be contacted we talk about that sometimes (laughs) (laughs) oh my god like what works for you doesn't necessarily work for the rest of the world yeah right like that one is so expansive between not only our personal lives but our professional lives Mm -hmm. too right like Mm -hmm. some people are really great at email others are really great at text and some Mm -hmm. people still want to have conversations on the phone yep 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 and and i mean and it's all valid especially you know it's even more than respect i feel like this is getting us closer to like actually having care for people like making 
caring <gasps> for people a common thing, you know, because it, we've been so conditioned to basically take the humanity out of our interpersonal relationships. And it's, and I think that's really at the core of so many things that have gone wrong <laughs> with the society. It's like, we're taught, like conditioned. I think we're like, look at children, you know, they're so incredibly usually loving and just like, you know, wanting to engage people. And then uh, somehow we teach them like no 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 fight that instinct <laughs> you don't right. need to care about people you need to care about yourself you need to focus on yourself you know all of that it's just so interesting um to the point I mean to the extent where you know we really have gotten into this 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 mindset that it's all about us sometimes and even even when we're thinking about how to respect others it's about us right like in the golden rule how would you like to be treated Mm -hmm. this is just so this is this is this is really interesting because I think so many of us would would fall on the golden rule to be like kind of like you know one of those truths one of those big things that you hold on to that you just reference all the time um but I love the evolution of it I think it's just a growth moment for it because it recognizes that everyone is actually different that we don't all think the same we don't all feel the same we don't all live in this world the same we don't all have the same lived experience right and that's and and that's really what this is doing it's 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 helping to honor that in our interactions I'm so excited about the kids that are like growing up with this Mm. concept right like not as you point out it's respect it's care and it's that acknowledgement that everyone's different and that's okay and if the kid doesn't want to hug aunt sally (laughs) the kid can say no i don't want to hug aunt sally and i think if you grow up in this world with this platinum rule aunt sally doesn't feel bad about it aunt sally just realizes that's the kid's personal preference and that's okay it has nothing to do with me right exactly such a strong example (laughs) that we can probably all relate to but it's very true and 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 the other thing is like asking for consent basically like the it's building in consent culture which is such a beautiful thing it's something that we unfortunately have have you know been lacking I think up up until this point um (laughs) I, I shouldn't say I think I know for sure um and we're even conditioned to not you know, not expect to be asked for consent too, which is such a strange, interesting thing how we've gotten here. But, um, but this really kind of, you know, takes that on head on and says, no, we should be talking about it. We should never be assuming this thing. We should, if you're able, if you're going to, uh, you know, live your life according to this rule, it's built in that you have to ask, you have to ask it, 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 it requires it. Right. Yeah, I was just thinking about all the articles that were still inundated with on return to the office, right? Mm. And I think about, in my head, when I read one of these articles, and it says, so-and-so company is demanding their employees return to the office. (laughs) All I can see, I see this, Mm -hmm. like, uh, elderly gentleman with this <laughs> big white mustache who's <laughs> like twirling his is it curly like, at the end <laughs> yeah and he's like back in my day we all worked yeah. in the office from 8 right. to 5 p.m right 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 and i i think that this whole idea of a platinum rule it's not only for like interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. but it's also great for employers right and how you're handling your staff and who's comfortable doing what and what environment do they excel in so that everybody's getting what they want out of it exactly yeah and and that it's important what people want like that's another (laughs) thing (laughs) yes hello (laughs) just the value system that's built into it is amazing too um I wish we knew exactly who like came up with this because we should give them credit it's it's really it's really it's really pretty incredible but you know it's also a matter of like can we adapt this into our own lives in big and small ways and yeah interpersonal relationships it's about just being mindful it seems like you know of this other person and you know just just not assuming really what people want what they like what they are longing for you know that's another piece of language that I've recently picked up of 
asking people what they're longing for like even in a conversation like setting an intention together is so powerful to start the conversation and and you know especially when emotions are high if people are coming to you upset um if they have problems you know we talk about unsolicited advice but even when people come to you they might not be wanting your advice at all they might just want to be listened to they might just want to see your expression they I don't know they might just want to have someone there with them as they're processing as an extrovert you know um they might just want somebody um to witness you know their process I mean there's a million things that they could be wanting and longing for and it's interesting to me that we're kind of taught or we even have proclivities whether they be natural temperament or otherwise to just do certain things. Like I know that I have a proclivity to want to like do problem solving. I'm like, oh, you came to me with a problem. Great. Let's solve this problem, <laughs> you know? And what I've learned is that um, not everybody necessarily is is seeking that. Um, and, and the only way to really know or to even, you know, have a chance at knowing is to ask actually and to talk about it. Right. I feel like many times when you and I are talking, we realize that, the solution is just more communication or better mm-hmm. communication. And mm-hmm. I've been trying to do the same thing in my life professionally and personally. You know, when the person comes to unload or unpack something, it's, would you like me to listen? Would you like advice? Would you like to work through this together? What can I do for you to help this situation? Mm, I love that language. Sometimes they don't know. Yeah, they don't know sometimes, sure. And sometimes it can adapt in the middle, right? Like maybe they wanted just to to work through it together. And then they realized, no, I just want your advice on how I should do this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or I've already decided on this part. I just want your limited advice on this one. Exactly. And it's totally fair. And I don't. I'm like fascinated with, you know, my niece telling me this because I'm like, wow, how did it take this long for me to realize <laughs> that's really genius? Well, we only know what we know. We don't know what we don't know, I guess. But it, I, you know, I think it's really just a natural evolution. Honestly, I think the thing, I think the reason it's so brilliant is because it actually packs in a lot of what we've learned, you know, together and and come to really as a society, really in in a lot of ways, not the whole society, unfortunately, but (laughs) a good segment, you know, growing and learning in new ways and challenging ourselves and understanding that, you know, your lived experience is not the same as somebody else's and, and, and story sharing and really learning about other people's experiences. And I really think, you know, the internet has had a lot to do with that, obviously, like just being able to communicate across society has changed and it helps. I think it helps in that way where we can see these multiplicities of, of perspectives and human experiences. And now that we have, um, you have a deeper appreciation basically for the fact that we're not the same. I mean, I don't know how this is the case, but it really seems like people would really like to pretend that everyone is the same <laughs> and you know not too long ago the what was it like the color blindness thing was prevailing and I was just mm-hmm. like what I don't understand because I guess I can't understand that um but but I mean that's it seems like that's what people really wanted right they wanted it to be like oh everyone has the same uh well you know there's the whole fallacy of of complete individual responsibility too so you know everybody has the same opportunity equal opportunity all of those things (laughs) that 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 really justify our systems you know those really were the prevailing kind of sentiments and I think that's been disrupted it's been disrupted in a major way where people can't really deny it now right like you're seeing videos of people living an entirely different kind of life or or experiencing incredible turmoil or struggle or violence or poverty or you know or or riches <laughs> ridiculous riches obscure riches you know like I mean you're really seeing the gamut right like you see it all you see all of this and it's like you can't really deny anymore that that you know that you have to know that there are completely different lived experiences and 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 you know like you said traumas and um and and so many different things that people are going through that first of all you have no idea 
you know, you just interact with people for small parts of their lives. Um, but also that you might not be able to literally relate to you might not have been through that. And that's okay. And the response, the correct response is to basically ask about that or ask about, you know, how people want to be received or, or interacted with based on the fact that we understand we're different. And so that's, this gets right to it. So this reminds me of something that was in the news a lot this week or the end of last week, which is Garth Brooks, the country music legend, I think it's fair to say, <laughs> apparently owned a bar in Nashville or is opening a bar in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And the conservatives are up in arms because Garth Brooks' bar is going to serve Bud Light. And we know that the conservatives are upset because the advertisement that was run with a trans woman has thrown them into hyperdrive. Mm. And so they then complained about Garth Brooks' bar. And what surprised me the most this week was the response from Garth Brooks, which was this. Essentially, I've always supported inclusion. I've always supported diversity. And if you don't like it, this is not a place for you. <laughs> and so this is kind yeah, of star. the opposite. <laughs> uh, right? This is sort of the opposite. Yeah. But this is what he said from a business decision that I thought was really fascinating. And I think relates to this platinum rule really well as like a business owner. So his theory was, I'm going to continue to serve Bud Light because that decision to ban a product is not mine. It is the mm. consumers. And if the consumers who come into my bar do not order a bunch of Bud Light, I'm just going to tell my distributor, hey, your product isn't selling. But right. I'm not going to make a big political statement about it. I'm just going to say, hey, nobody's buying your beer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what an interesting way to like change the narrative, put right. it on, allow the other person to make their decisions for what they want their behavior to be, but yeah. just to have this kind of neutral ground. I'm like, Wow, like I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love a business that stands up for like basic sure. human dignities. Sure, mm, let's go with the big ones like racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia. Have I missed any? You know the big ones. Like mm-hmm. I like when a business speaks up. But I'm like this is a very fascinating way of kind of like finding the middle ground and listening to somebody else let the consumer decide what they want to do and if it doesn't sell it doesn't sell and they're like there you go garth brooks <laughs> you gave everybody something to take away from this conversation yes yes and i love i mean um <laughs> i love how that he kind of used their own arguments against them too <laughs> um you know uh, my grandma had a funny saying about that but it, i won't say it it's just so funny how you can you know take someone else's logic and use it against them and I mean they give you everything you need because they argue one thing one day and another the next but I mean (laughs) in this case (laughs) in this case I mean you know businesses obviously like capitalism corporate I mean this is literally up their alley of like you know freedom (laughs) and markets and all of that good jazz and so I kind of love that he also like did a little nod to like remember this is what you're all about right <laughs> so, yeah. so he stuck that in there and made it comport with his you know with his values of inclusion and so um you know I love so many things about that and, and not the least to say that you know this person basically just stood up for for what they believe in um mm-hmm. which is what we all should be allowed to do um and you know the people who are trying to bring him down um I just think it's 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 really interesting because if they were to apply the platinum rule, they wouldn't be doing this to begin with. But <laughs> which makes me wonder how do we handle it if we apply the platinum rule yeah. and say we have a racist, sexist, homophobe, mm. or whatever con- mix of those in our mm. midst, and we're interacting with them. I wonder how the platinum rule plays out. I mean. Is it that we have to honor the racism? Mm. I don't like that idea, but is that part well, of it? I, I've, I've seen something like this really interestingly in uh, when in Leadership Boston when I took part of this 
um, eight month program uh, where, where they bring together leaders and um, they really explore the big challenges uh, that face the city of Austin. Um, and it was really interesting because they set these ground rules in the beginning. Um, and <laughs> one person uh, to some controversy said something to the effect of like, they wanted a rule that somebody would need to basically ask them uh, before they essentially challenge them in ways. Um, and we were like, well, that doesn't make sense because this is a space where we're trying to challenge people and things and mindsets and figure out like how we can push past like these barriers that have been here or whatever. Um, and I thought it was just a really interesting interaction because the person, it, you know, when we're talking in generalities, it's like you can imagine anything could come up, right? And so oh, it was yeah. almost like they were trying to protect themselves in a way um, and protect the conversation to keep it, maybe keep it civil or what have you, right? Because we didn't know what to expect. Um, but it also defeated the purpose, right? And that's, I think, where the bright line has to be, where it's like, yes, you want to treat people the way that they want to be treated, um, but it has to be within the confines of actual, like, you know, the, the purpose of the conversation. So, I mean, we're just talking about conversations in this case, but, you know, if somebody said, well, I don't want you to ever challenge me, well, you know, then there's no point in us talking. <laughs> maybe, the, you know, maybe you're trying to, to solve something, right? Or maybe you're trying to um, help somebody evolve. And it very much involves uh, those elements of having to challenge people or have, you know, question kind of where things are coming from or, or, or where they adopted certain mindsets and whether or not those mindsets are serving them still. So I think it's about the right question too. So maybe you, maybe you do develop some common ground. I mean, honestly, I feel like with this platinum rule, with a lot of the tough conversations that happen today, I actually think it could be really useful um, because so many people in my opinion, really, I mean, they waste a lot of time <laughs> trying to convert people to something they will never, ever convert to, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe that's unfair to say. I mean, they could break through. I have no idea. But from my lived experience, I would say that your time is better spent, uh, you know, talking to people who are at least in a place in their lives where they're somewhat open-minded, <laughs> you know, where they're somewhat ready to hear you. I always say, you know, you can only talk to people that are ready to hear you. And you have to say things in a way that they're ready, that they're able to hear too. And so for me, it's, it's a little bit of a technique and also a little bit of, of um, you know, defining this in a way that makes sense for the conversation. So if you know that you're going into a conversation, that's going to be a tough one. Instead of saying like, oh, let's make rules where neither of us says anything to offend one another uh, because neither of us wants that. I, I think it's more important to say, hey, we're going to talk about some tough things and, you know, there are going to be things that we disagree on. How would you prefer, you know, that I speak with you when we are having a tough conversation like that. I, I just had a conversation with, with one of my staff members like this, where I, I said, you know, last time we communicated about something, I, I, you know, I sent a message over teams and I thought it was clear. And I'm like, but hearing your feedback, it, it seems like you were surprised actually by what came out of that. And I don't want you to be surprised. So how can I make sure that you're not surprised? It's not, guess what? We're never gonna have a conversation like this again, or this is never going to happen. It's more about how do you receive information best? How do you receive this kind of information best? And so it's not about avoiding the whole thing. It's about finding a way that actually is effective for that person to hear and to receive. And so in many ways, it's kind of like a Garth Brooks rule, right? Like, this is what's working for me. I like diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. I understand that you might have a different view, yeah. but let's figure out how we're going to get through this. This is what my plan is. If you don't like it, these are the options for it for you so that you can continue doing what you would like to do. Yeah. And I love the fact that, you know, this convert, this, this kind of, you know, this kind of groundwork, if you will, allows for each person to be vulnerable enough to talk about and even mm -hmm. explore really their style, right? Because yeah. I don't think, I feel like we get so we get so, so like jammed into this one type of style, you know, especially oh, it has in, to be perfect, right? Yeah. Yes. And so like, there's this whole prevailing culture that permeates 
you know, corporations, politics, nonprofits, businesses of all sorts, organizations of all sorts, even social groups, right? Where people think things need to be organized in this way. And there needs to be this kind of hierarchy. And then this is how people respond to this person. And that's how you respond to that person. And it's like all of these interactions are so preordained already. And it's, again, it's silent. It's not like somebody explicitly tells you this is a regulation that you have to follow. They don't even do that. But yet we still, we still fall into the same trap, right? And, and, and I'm excited for this rule because it allows for us to challenge the status quo in every setting that we find ourselves in right and to make it personal to each individual and when you do that you know it just gives the interaction an intrinsic value right like you're showing somebody that you care enough to even ask them about their style and they might not have ever thought about it because we're so you know predisposed to doing just what the this norm and the status quo is but just taking a moment and being like, hey, how do you prefer that I contact you about this? Or how do you, what would be the best way for me to communicate this kind of news to you? You know, like that, just that alone, it shows that you care about somebody and you care about, you know, their life, their workflow, you know, the way that they receive information, the way that's convenient to them. I mean, it just shows so much and it really sets you up for frankly a a successful communication (laughs) you're just asking for the answers right and then people give them to you it's my favorite thing (laughs) and my uh trauma is about to show I also really like the platter rule because it not only do we make it personal about the other person we as don't take their reaction personally hence Mm. I obviously grew up in family where everything was taken far too personally by family members and there was a lot of name calling in the platinum rule that is kind of i think eliminated because there is that mutual respect and kindness to the other person so that it is not a slight on you as the listener slash participant in this situation exactly yes and 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 when you it actually, I'm so glad you said that because it actually preempts all of that bull. It actually preempts right? all of, it's not even like, I mean, it literally preempts all of the bad things that happen when you don't ask. <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you don't ask, what do you get? You get a bunch of assumptions, right? Mm-hmm. And expectations that are completely unfounded because you didn't ask. Right. So where are you pulling these assumptions out of, right? So you're assuming that I'm going to behave and react to you and your actions in a certain way and vice versa. I'm expecting also the same thing. And this is where so many miscommunications live. This is where so many people start to put gaps in between them and fill them with negative thought. And that is such a trap. Right? Communication breaks down. Yes. Systems break down. Suspicion creeps in, right? Like you might think like, oh, my boss hasn't contacted me in three days. They're probably mad at me. I must have done something wrong. Or I mean, like this is where all your little like insecurities start getting activated, Right. Mm -hmm. So I like to tell myself that I need to over communicate. And anytime that there's a, anytime that there's a communication issue, I think of it as a learning opportunity. So this just happened yesterday where I was like, oh, that was not a successful communication. So I I was, I, at first I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. And then I thought, well, this is great. Now I get to learn and get to ask. And I should have asked before, but I didn't have the rule. So now I have the rule. And even, even still, it's never too late to actually ask and say, what would make sense in that kind of situation? What would make sense for you? How do you receive information? What's the best way for me to really communicate with you on this kind of thing? And it really just sets you up for success so that you don't have to have all these little gaps between you so that you don't have to guess. I mean, who likes to guess when you could just have the answer, right? <laughs> you know, it's reminding me now of this quote from Judith Martin. I think that's Miss Manners' name. And she said, etiquette and decorum is a sensitivity to others. Mm. So like, this is reminding me of that, right? Like we are choosing yeah. to be sensitive to the needs yeah. of other people and asking what they need. And at the same time, when we do that, depersonalizing it from ourselves 
So uh, we don't take the responses personally. And then everybody's winning. And I'm like, this platinum rule has like diamonds and rubies and emeralds and sapphires all attached to it. <laughs> it just gets better and better. As it's a it. crown. <laughs> it's a platinum <laughs> crown. I love it. And we all need a crown. Uh, heck yeah and we all have one <laughs> yes and yeah I'm 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 really excited to you know put this into action and I wonder how we can incorporate it into our daily lives like I'm trying to think of all the possibilities because you know I've been thinking about it in the context of work as I often do first um, and it's also one of those things where on a personal level, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, right? It's even probably more impactful because communication, um, I, I think is not easy. First of all, I just want to recognize that, you know, yeah. it, I, I feel like so many people struggle with communication and in every part of their lives, like in their personal lives, especially, and also in their professional lives and even in their self-talk, right? Like all of that communication is so important because it ties into the way that we think and the way that we form our thoughts and the way that we input our thoughts into a logic model, right? Like all of, all of that narrative, even the narrative of your past, right? It colors like how you, you know, how you perceive the experiences that you've gone through, whether or not they were traumatic or whether or not they were good or bad. I mean, literally all of that is narrative and communication. And so, it's so key and yet people don't often really give you practical upfront, you know, nuanced discussions or instructions about how to do it. You're just supposed to figure it out. <laughs> You're supposed to figure it out from the very many cues that happen throughout your life and people kind of nudge you, you know, in this way or that way, or they use certain language that you usually adopt and, and you internalize sometimes. And so having something like this that we can not just use, but I think pass along, right? I think that we need to like make this um, a thing that we tell somebody else. So like, if nothing else, take the platinum rule and share it with somebody just so that it comes to their mind next time they have an interaction with someone. I was thinking about our, I think our, our first challenge that we gave ourselves and our listeners responding to the question, how are you, mm. with a snippet of more information than just, fine, good, thank you. Yeah. I'm now wondering, could the platinum rule apply to asking people how they are? But you can tell me quickly if you want to talk about something, you can mention it. However you want to answer that question, I am here and open to it. Or if you're in a rush, hey, how are you? I don't have much time to talk through anything, but I am concerned about how you are. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And then that gives people permission, right? It get, like anytime you yeah. do something and expose somebody to a new way of speaking, right, of communicating, it gives people permission to do the same thing right? It gives them permission, like just being vulnerable, for example, right? In the workplace, especially it's, or even in, in personal relationships, it's like when you do it, people are like, oh, you can do that. Oh, I could do that. You know, like it just becomes like, oh, that's what we do. <laughs> it's a safe thing to do in this space and in this interaction with this person. And so just setting an example like that is, is really powerful. I like that. I was also thinking like, say you're in a checkout line at the grocery, the cashier says, how are you? And your response is, I'm really mad at my spouse, parent, friend, whom, cat, dog, whomever it may be. And your answer to their, how are you? You know, I'm really annoyed with my, say, dog. And I don't, want to, I don't want to waste your time with a bunch of details. But thank you for letting me say that because it helped me just getting it out there into the world. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I remember there was one person, I can't remember if it was that same doctor, but if you asked her, how, like, how are you? She would say, do you really want to know or do you just want? <laughs> and so she was kind of asking for permission in that, like checking in. Do you really, do you really want to know how I feel or do you want, you know, just, just a nice greeting? And um, I always thought that was kind of funny, but it, it, it was really real. It's a real thing. It's like, how much do people really, are they just, are they being polite? Do they want a like nice little pleasantry? Are they truly concerned? Do they want to hear about it? And um, 
yeah, I really like that idea of kind of just asking and just checking in with people about what, what kind of interaction are you seeking now? I know sometimes with a childhood friend of mine, when she calls and she'll ask how I am, I'm like, my response is, are you in a safe place where I could answer that? Or mm. are you, you know, grocery shopping? And I know that my answer is, it, I'm fine, great. Yeah. As opposed to going through, you know, personal details in a public space with her, which might make her uncomfortable. And that's really nice, too, because then people start being more thoughtful about what they're prompting you for, too, right? Because then they're mm-hmm. thinking beforehand next time, like, you know, I'm I'm at home. I, I want, like, even setting your attention at the beginning of a call. I kind of love that as well. Um, because, you know, there's some people, every time I talk to them, I really want to talk to them for hours, but sometimes I can't. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I just, I take their call because I love them so much and I want to hear their voice. Uh, but sometimes I, I answer the call and I say, you know, say, hello, I'm so happy you called. I wish, you know, we had lots of time to talk together right now. Um, but I only have a few minutes, but I, you know, I I hope that we can talk again later tonight or whatever, and just let people know from the beginning, you know, where you're at in that time and, and kind of what kind of conversation you're able to have at that moment. I, I feel like that really helps manage expectations so that people don't even like start to get invested in this big conversation. That's not going to happen that you're going to have to cut them (laughs) off. Like that's my least favorite thing where I'm like, Oh man, like I'm in this conversation and I really have to go and I don't want to cut it off. And so, you know, managing expectations is actually for yourself and for others and setting an attention is, is it's, it's like, it's what's that saying that's like an an ounce of prevention is worth a pound in treatment. It's kind of that (laughs) idea, you know, like if you say it all up front, it changes everything because now everyone's on the same page. Everyone knows what to expect and everyone can take this, you know, this moment and appreciate it for what it is and not what it's, what we wish it was. Wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, I'm thinking of from everything from like a phone call with your mother to, start of a business meeting right to like yes. understand the rules of the game before yeah you start I mean, yes. life-changing right yes. like I feel like the platinum rule will actually if you're following it limit like daily frustrations oh my gosh yeah what if we did what if we did all of meetings well, I mean, obviously, some of them are maybe too big for this, but especially a meeting with like just a few people. How wonderful would it be just to go around and be like, what is everybody seeking from this meeting? Just just mm-hmm. ask an open question and see what you get. It would be really fascinating because for the most part, we're probably assuming. I mean, sometimes we put a topic for a meeting or what have you. People have a general understanding of what we're going to talk about. But how much time do you have for this meeting? You know, are you feeling well enough to, to still commit to this whole hour? And, you know, what are you seeking? What are you trying to get out of this meeting? I love when people do that. I need to do that more. Yeah. And yeah, I love when a meeting starts with, okay, everybody say what's on your mind. Let's go mm. around the room. And it could be, you know, my dog's not eating to, I feel like I don't have enough time on this deadline to whatever is top of mind. But I think just airing those really like removes those barriers and walls that we put up because that's what's been consuming us and allows us to participate in a much like cleaner headspace. Yeah. And then it even made me think about like, I don't know why, but just that personal thing, you know, you could ask people to share that personal thing or you could just ask them, you know, especially for like a long day, we've been doing these like, you know, retreats or like day long or half day long meetings um, for strategic planning. And even just saying, you know, write out, write out one or two things that are just, you know, on your mind right now, that are not related to this that are that are filling up your mind. Um, And just write them down just so you can see them. And I feel like just that is therapeutic to be able to to recognize it and acknowledge it and be like okay I see that and I know that and I choose you know to continue with 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 the task at hand understanding that that is something that is weighing on my heart or what have you and you know I, I think most of the most of the issues that kind of bubble up for us 
stem from the fact that we're not acknowledging them in a way, right? Like they're just kind of Mm -hmm. eating away at us. And it's like, we wish that we were somewhere else in this moment, but we're not. And so we feel all this tension and, and really like just knowing it and then maybe even releasing it to the fact that like, okay, I see this thing that I've been thinking about or that's been weighing on me. And I know that I'll be able to address it tomorrow. And just like having that little, little bitty baby conversation with yourself and knowing that you can, you know, you can be safe in, in using this space and time for, for this other thing that, that can kind of change your entire attitude that can change your entire I want to say like your aura, your like anxiety <laughs> level, you know what I mean? Like your yeah. presence, it changes whether or not you're present in this moment. And that, I, in my opinion, impacts everybody around you, right? Like yes, I think yes. people feed off of each other. And I think when everybody is present, like you're, you've carved out an hour for a meeting, but when everybody's present, you might be able to get through it in 20 minutes. Yep. Absolutely. When everybody is sharp, (laughs) focused, you know, intentional. Absolutely. So maybe just setting intention in the beginning with everyone versus just your intention is important. I feel like in meetings, um, I'm often the person who is like, this is what we're doing in this meeting. This is why we're here, you know, and I like to set an intention just to get everyone on the same page, because you'd be surprised how many meetings happen where people don't do that. (laughs) They just kind of (laughs) get together, you know, people know that they're supposed to talk about something generally, but they don't really have, you know, direction, an outline, kind of like a specific path um, that they want to at least venture out on. Um, But I can, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to see how I might be able to incorporate this into a more, you know, collaborative, thing and one of the things that I read that I really liked um, that I mentioned before was was a leader who said that they like to speak last which is not my strong suit but (laughs) I like to think about how maybe I could you know marry those two things where I could speak last by just you know starting off the conversation as let's go around and speak about each of our intention for this for this meeting, for this time together, what have you. And, um, and then maybe speak last to my intention, but it's, it's actually really important and it's really powerful to think about intention and why are you even meeting? You know, there's, there's so many jokes about offices where people just meet in perpetuity. and (laughs) (laughs) I live for that, but, and it's true, right? Like it's so true. It's so true. And so I've had, meetings where like I've had to really like reflect on the intention of meetings right like I've and I mean they're of my own doing a lot of times like putting everyone together and being like this should get us something good and then you know just just going on and on you know people just kind of randomly bringing things to the surface and you know we have lovely conversations but what is the intention and being able to even just step back and um, and really reflect on what would be the purpose of us meeting, right? Like, what are we trying to get out of it? What are we seeking from coming together? And that's really honoring people's time, honoring their yeah. energy, honoring, you know, their expertise. Like, you're really honoring people when you bring them together with very clear and very purposeful intention. Being somebody who works in politics... I've been in many a meeting that is only <laughs> occurring because the person who called the meeting wants a stage. Mm. And it's just shocking that political types might like the stage, might like to, you know, perform for people. Mm. It is true. And it that is, uh, yeah, but it is a taxing on everyone, right? It's like, mm-hmm. And it is definitely not part of the platinum rule because <laughs> that performative person really is not interested in what anyone else thinks or cares. But imagine a world where like the platinum rule slowly like becomes accustomed to our personal interactions and then our business interactions. And then maybe, just maybe someday, our politicians might also mm. think about it. Like, 
I like Ooh. the idea of this kind of snowball effect where yes. you know, we can have a little change to some more change to societal change. I love that. And it really, I mean, society is the most interesting thing to me because how do we decide on things? Like, how do we even get to this place where we have structured our society in certain ways? And what you just said inspires me some because it makes me believe that our personal interactions, our one-on-one interactions, our small group interactions that lead to community interactions, like all of that, I can see it. I can see how that actually would, you know, for lack of a better term, trickle up or trickle through (laughs) or, you know, weave its way through society to where, you know, it takes hold at every kind of level of our society. And it's contagious in a way, in a good way. And so I, I love the idea of like spreading healthy relationship habits at the ground level and seeing how you know that seed might grow I and I have faith from the like data researchers after this week there was a study published by the University of Essex in the UK that said if we consume a lot of negative news and that is affecting Mm -hmm. our mood and our attitudes but that can be totally changed by watching positive news and hearing about positive interactions in society Mm. and between businesses and people Mm. but they put a caveat that said amusing so like the funny dog video might make Mm -hmm. you laugh but it's not going to like fundamentally Mm. change your mood whereas Mm. consuming news about say a corporation that is a shipping magnet that is not also running their cargo ships with nets to that only filters out tiny microplastics and doesn't harm the environment. I mean, Mm. clearly a pipe dream, but a great one if it could happen. (laughs) And why couldn't it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I love anybody listening who understands the ocean. (laughs) Here's your idea. (laughs) Yeah. But also, you know, even even attitudes, right? Like even choosing yeah. optimism over pessimism, even choosing, you know, humanity over, you know, um, just 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 being, you know, despondent about everything. Like just <laughs> choosing, you know, to have faith in other people. It's contagious in ways. I really, I, I really do believe that, and I do, and I, and I, I believe it because I see it. I, I see that people are 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 really attracted to other people who want to be, you know, who want to be happy, who are seeking positivity, <laughs> who are. I mean, they really they because they want that too. Uh, who wants to be unhappy, right? <laughs> Nobody wants right. to be sad and depressed. Um, I hope not. And, <laughs> but it's just like we talked about. You know, showing the way is so important. Because so many times when people are completely, you know, um, just overwhelmed with negativity, that there's a lot of negativity in the world. It's yeah. easy to choose negativity, right? It's easy to choose despair. It's easy to choose um, to believe that this is all that there is, especially because, frankly, you know, when you were talking about the news, it's not easy to just find good news counterparts, right? It's, oh, not, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's it's there. It's out there. Like there are people doing the work. They're out there trying to show that there is good in humanity. But you know, unfortunately, um, as we've discussed before, I think, uh, you know, the, the the bad news sells for whatever reason. It gets people's yep. attention. It's fear based, right? And so, and and again, with the capitalist society, that's that's what we find important. Not not mental health, clearly, which is tragic, <laughs> right? And it's so. It's, and so, yeah, so I, I say, you know, you have to get to a place where you're seeking it out. You really have to seek it out because it's not going to be something that is just delivered to you passively, unfortunately. I, I wish we could get to that place. I, 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 I hope that we strive to get to that day where, you know, this is the norm, you know, positivity uh, is the norm, right? Uplift yeah. is the norm, like bringing each other and building each other up is the norm like that is what we should be striving to do all day every day um but in our society now it feels like it's it's not that easy um you have to do a little work to seek it out uh but you know just just showing people that you care about them 
even in the smallest ways of just asking how they, you know, how they like to be, uh, you know, interacted with, spoken to, um, engaged, right? Even that, how do people like to be celebrated? Actually, that I just, that just came to my mind and I'm thinking I'm going to use that immediately because we've just been trying to figure out like, how do we celebrate people? How do we, you know, really, how do we, how do we make, um days special how do we make anniversary special how do we make wins special right like how do we celebrate those things and instead of guessing we could just ask i think <laughs> from right. this conversation <laughs> some of your co-workers or some of our partners might like to yeah. be put in center stage and be you know yeah, yeah. applauded yeah. and some of our partners and spouses and co-workers might be like mm, just tell me i did a good job that's great thank you Yes, yes, yes. And for some people, like, somebody's, you know, praise is another person's just pure embarrassment. Like, I mean, that it's not, it's not, it's not a good thing for them, right? So, again, like, this rule applies to so many things. I'm so glad that Mm -hmm. we talked about it. I'm going to really challenge myself to, um, to use almost like this, this lens of, of this rule, honestly, because it, it, it really applies to, to, to so much. And I think if we all did this, um, we could make a difference even in our, you know, one of the things that dawns on me too, is that people don't realize how powerful they are. Just, they just period, they just hard stop. They don't realize how powerful they are. They don't realize that you know, whatever you do in your life impacts the people that you touch in your life, right? If you have family yeah. members, you you change them. You literally change them with your attitude, with your perspective on life, with your lived experience, with your love and communication, like styles, you know, like all of that literally changes people. You exude something, right? You, you put it out into the space around you and, and through your relationships. And so, if you have family, that's that's true. If you interact with people who you consider friends, then that's true. You have power. If you interact with people, you know, as acquaintances, as neighbors, as community members, that's that's powerful. If you are in a workplace and you choose, you know, optimism and humanity and care, that is powerful. That's a powerful thing. And so we all need to, um, I would say, really recognize that and and take it seriously in regards to how we are going to put ourselves into the world i completely agree and for all of those people who are alone or believe they're alone your Mm -hmm. actions matter too just have like how do you take the trash out like do you just throw the bag or do you wheel the cart down or do you put it in your dumpster and you're not that person who just like well, from my days of apartment living, I remember some people just like dumping the bag upside down and then just like discarding the bag. I think it was for spite. I'm not sure. Maybe they were just mm-hmm. having a bad day. But you know, every mm-hmm. little action that impacts somebody else and we don't yeah. think about it. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly that. And I mean, you can choose to have more impact any day of the week (laughs) you know it always boggles me when people say like they're bored I'm like you're bored I'm like (laughs) what there's a whole world out here just waiting for you you know like you think people don't need you like let me go get a list of uh volunteer calls right now for you you know I mean there's just so much you can give in the world and there's so much that you can even give to yourself for people who are alone I mean Literally, the way you choose to talk to yourself and see the world is the most powerful thing I think anyone can actually do for their lives to change their lives or or to, you know, have the life that you know you deserve. I mean, that is something that we all have to really, you know, grapple with, but recognize it's within our power. It's within our power to change. Absolutely. And- you know, I don't want to delve too much since we're winding down on time, but it made me realize that platinum also applies to ourselves, right? Like mm-hmm. we have how we think we should be reacting in society and how yeah. we actually want to react to society. So maybe listen to the other side that you're not showing the world mm. and indulge it a little bit. Yeah. Right? Like give it some space and be vulnerable about it and say you want these things and accept that and leap from that. Because I think it, you'll find that it can be your power and it can be the way to bring the positive light that you want into your life. Well said, well said. It, it, it reminds me of discussion we've had about, you know, 
really reflecting and listening to yourself, which is not easy. I just want to recognize it's just not easy. Like we think that we're hearing ourselves sometimes and really we're hearing, you know, the narratives from like our grandparents and our parents (laughs) and their, you know, like all of these Mm -hmm. narratives about ourselves, even all these scripts that we've consigned to follow without even, you know, without without informed consent mind you <laughs> exactly what I was thinking yes like who signed up for some yeah right but but we're but we I mean we we are following them to a T right and and unless we really separate you know you have to make some space between you and really kind of like the scripts running in your head and and really kind of force yourself into this opportunity to you know, sit with yourself quietly and truly reflect. And, 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 you know, it has to be in my mind or my experience, really, it seems like it has to be a practice because you're not an expert the first time you do it. (laughs) And give yourself permission to do it. I feel like a lot of us hold ourselves back because we haven't given ourselves permission to do the introspection to do any right. self-care right because we think of all these other pressures that are on us but and it can be permission. anything right that's the other thing is like whatever like whatever works for you might not work for me whatever yeah. works for oprah doesn't necessarily apply to my life right like or maybe it does and the other thing is you won't know what works for you until you really try it um i had my first uh session with a new therapist yesterday and it was really uh interesting a lot of interesting feelings that came up for me none not 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 the small of least which i i really questioned like should i even be taking one of these therapy spots like there's so much (laughs) need but these are the thoughts that go through people's heads right and so i want to acknowledge it and and even though that came up for me I, you know, had to affirm myself and say, I deserve this too. Um, and this is a good thing for my health. And um, I just find it so interesting that, um, you know, people count themselves out for so many things before they even try. And I'm not saying I'm I'm not guilty. That's, that's why I'm trying to acknowledge it for everyone listening, because I'm sure, you know, we've all had those thoughts of like, you know, I don't need, I don't know, I don't need a spa day or like, that's just extravagant, right? Or I don't need to, you know, I don't know, even, you know, stop working for 20 minutes in the day because I, I, a walk would be really good for my mind and my body. Like that's literally something that I've, I've had in my life where I'm like, I know I want to do that. I want to have a little walk. I think it will be really good for me. And I just choose not to because, and I really think it's because, you know, there's a lot of more prevailing thoughts that say, keep working. <laughs> this is more yep. important, right? And you're yep. literally saying this is more important than your health. That's, that's what you're actually <laughs> saying, right? But nobody challenges you about that, really. I mean, I think we're getting a little bit better talking about it. But I wanted to bring it up. Um, just in case somebody needed to hear that today to let them know that you know, you are worthy, you're worthy of time for your health and your well being. And you're worthy of, you know, stopping uh, service to other people and other things, uh, even if it's just briefly, or even if it's a dedicated amount of time every week or every month or whatever serves you, but know that you're worthy. And it makes me think as we're winding down, when you give other people grace and you're giving them the respect mm. to know how they want to respond, give yourself that same amount of respect that you give others. And I know I tend to overextend my respect and grace for others and I'm much harsher on myself, which I think Mm. is pretty common. Yep. So common. But (laughs) let's all, for all of us overachievers who tend to be very hard on ourselves, you know, apply the platter rule to yourself too and give Mm. yourself some, some grace and some time to be vulnerable. I know it's not going to be perfect, but Let's also consider treating ourselves as the other person and making sure we're getting what we need to. Yes, yes. How do we want to be heard? How do we want to be treated? How do we want to fill our cup? How do we really serve our inner child? Yes. 
how do we serve how do we want to be loved how do, how do we want to be loved others? yes yes all of it yeah how do how do we want to meaningfully spend the time that we have on this earth yeah like how do we actually want to spend this time right like ask yourself these questions because when you don't ask these questions somebody tells you the world tells you what you're gonna do whether or not you decided it or or not oftentimes I don't know how that happens it's a strange phenomenon but that is what happens when you don't when you don't give yourself the room to be thoughtful and intentional about it for yourself so I'm excited for us to talk to ourselves (laughs) I am too I'm excited for us to talk to ourselves and for others and like what yes. a great world we're going to start creating. So this is like episode two of how we take over the world by uplifting others and ourselves. <laughs> yes. Our full agenda to follow. Yes. I'm going to smile evilly now and rub my hands together. <laughs> like, oh, creating this world of good. Oh, I love it. And I love this whole community for being a part of <laughs> the full world takeover agenda. <laughs> and thank you, Tessa, for an- another amazing conversation. I feel so good. Thank you, Sai. Thank you all for listening. We hope that you too find a way to find some good and make the world a better place because I know that we can't make the world a better place. Till next time, stay uplifted. <laughs>